Welcome to Cross and Crown Radio. This is going to be a special audio episode, and it's special for several reasons, most importantly because my friend Jordan is here. How are you? Greetings. Good to have you Nice here. to be back. Back in the studio, the bunker, my office, technically. I've missed this. I've yeah. missed our talks. It's. I'm glad to, to have you on, especially for this topic, because interestingly enough, you and I very early on just kind of dove right into it. Yep. Um, you, I know, have been headlong into this issue. And here we are two years later, the COVID stuff. That's what we're going to talk about tonight, the COVID stuff. And so this uh, this audio segment will just be released. It'll be out on the podcast. Um, no video here. But as promised, we would have some of these types of episodes coming your way. So thank you, listeners, for hanging out with us. So our topic tonight this article was written by Megan Basham, and she blew up the internet when this came out. She's writing for the Daily Wire, and uh, I know there's other things we're going to get into, but I really want to just kind of talk about this article, a few things from it. But the title is, How the Federal Government Used Evangelical Leaders to Spread COVID Propaganda to Churches. And I don't know about you, I thought this article was fantastic. Yep. You, you read it, you agreed with it. I mean, I, I remember when it came out, and it just kind of hit you know, hit the internet pretty hard. And I just think she did a phenomenal do- job. Maybe she should get some sort of award. I don't know. But <laughs> Well, I'll tell you this. It's interesting that it takes somewhat of a secular publication like Daily Wire to actually cover this in an honest way. Because unfortunately, in most of the mainstream Christian outlets, you're not getting that. Right. And so, yeah, kudos to her yeah. for writing this. Yeah. So, Megan, if you're listening, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Well, I'm going to just get into the article and we're going to go from there, but I'm just quoting from it. It says, in September, Wheaton College Dean Ed Stutzer, funny story, I know Ed, and uh, spent some time with him many, many years ago. Really? Early Acts 29. Yeah, he came into Philadelphia. Anyway, Ed Stutzer, big church guru. He interviewed National Institutes of Health Director Francis Collins. He'll be the subject of some of our discussion tonight. And he interviewed him on his podcast, Church Leadership. And the question was, Megan writes, about why Christians who want to obey Christ's command to love their neighbors should get the COVID vaccine and avoid indulging in misinformation. (laughs) So far, so good. Why the big question, we want to obey Christ's command to love our neighbors? Well, what does that mean? How do we define that, right? That's a big source of controversy. Right. But she goes on, for those not familiar with Stetzer, he's not just a religious liberal arts professor, and this wasn't just another dime a dozen pastorly podcast. To name just a few of his past and present titles, she goes on to talk about who Ed Stetzer is. Stetzer is kind of a big deal. He's a Southern Baptist. He's well-known. He's done podcasts, written dozens and dozens of books. Runs the Billy Graham Center, I think. Yes. Yeah, Billy Graham Center, editor-in-chief of Outreach Media Group. Big, big deal. So he's... He's got it in with Francis Collins, who professes to be a Christian. Yep. And she goes on, in short, when it comes to leveraging high evangelical offices, uh, Ed Stetzer, he's no better positioned. People know who he is. Like, this isn't just, you know, Jason Garwood, okay? Some random, <laughs> some random guy. Sought after speaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. So he gets in there, and during their discussion, Megan writes, Collins and Stetzer were hardly shy about the fact that that they were asking ministers to act as the administration's go-between with their congregants. I want to exhort pastors once again to try to use your credibility with your flock to put forward the public health measures that we know can work, Collins said. So Collins is going after him. Amazing. 
wants the churches to get on the vaccine program. Stutzer replied that he sometimes hears from ministers who don't feel comfortable preaching about COVID vaccines, and he advises them in those cases to simply promote the jab through social media. <laughs> so, yeah, you may not want to exposit Romans, but you may be able to just post about it. That's fine. Right. This is the thing that gets me, and then we can go from here. Sure. Stetzer's quoting here. He says, I just tell them when you get vaccinated, post a picture and say, so thankful I was able to get vaccinated. Stetzer said. So wait, so wait. So uh, Collins is telling Stetzer to say this or Stetzer's saying that we need to post pictures? Sounds like Stetzer's saying that because Collins is trying to get him to get on board with this whole okay. thing. So they're just trying to get on the propaganda train. Essentially. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. And. This is, this is where it's like mind-blowing to me. Stetzer continued. He said, people need to see that it is the reasonable view. So, right. how do you the take doctor, that? Dr. Stetzer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how do you take that? Right. I mean, I, I take that as people need to see that it is the reasonable, like the reasonable view, right? Right. I, I mean, just to step back for a second. So if you look, you know, it's not only Ed Stetzer. Um, it's Tim Keller, it's Russell Moore, it's Joe Carter, it's Rick Warren, um, all coming out with statements, articles, uh, video addresses where they are defending and advancing Francis Collins right. and his agenda as the former NIH director. Um, and so, you know, when you look at how big evangelical Christianity, the ones with the biggest platforms, the gatekeepers yeah. of evangelical Christianity, the ones with the power, the most power, the most influence. These are real positions of power and influence and how they've linked with positions of power and government in, uh, or sorry, positions of power and influence in government with Francis Collins. Now you have this unholy alliance of, of the medical establishment, um, the the government establishment and the church, mm -hmm. which would be fine if they were doing God honoring things. But when they're just trying to advance a message, they're trying to bulldoze any kind of, um, you know, any, any, any kind of, of, of anti, you know, narrative, any, any kind of narrative of that any would go, sort. any kind yeah. of dissent yeah. that would go along with it, then it becomes really problematic. So unfortunately, um, because we're we're huge fans of you know we we say this all the time faith for all of life right we're all for yeah. applying Christian principles and not just um, you know um, keeping keeping Christian principles locked in a box and and do us you know what happens on Sunday morning and that kind of thing we are about faith for all of life but when you do away with the law of God when you sideline what the law of God says and you put a Christian bumper sticker on it love your neighbor get the vaccine. You know, that's sloppy. Mm -hmm. And that can turn into using the name of Christ to advance an agenda that um, has nothing to do with Christian ethics right. or nothing in common with Christian, Christian mm -hmm. ethics. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, they have been used to, and when I say they, I'm talking about the, the big evangelical establishment to not only push policies of vaccinating, but also masking policies, child masking policies. Um, they've they've pushed against the lab leak conspiracy, mm -hmm. which we know has has now had more and more credibility to the point where the former uh, director Robert Redfield of the CDC came out saying his personal opinion that it came from a lab. 
Yeah. (laughs) And in this article, she goes, she does talk about that later on. Absolutely. Yeah. So lockdowns, masking, jabs, um, you know, all these things leading to the segregation in the church, right, of people who are for or against these positions, Um, you know, discrediting anybody who's opposed to it, cajoling pastors into following their lead. And then, like I said, all the while, just slapping the name of Jesus on them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very sad. And and the other thing is they want to be seen as sort of ambassadors of truth, right? They want to say that we are the ones who are leading out here, and we don't want all these um, conspiracy-minded fringe people to, to, to have a voice. We yeah. want to be the voice. The right? QAnoners. They yeah. lump, lump them all in together. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and also, by the way, we're anti-Trump. Right. And for the most part, right. So a lot of these figures wouldn't would like, say, Russell Moore. Right. He'd be a, a huge critic of Trump. And in some cases, maybe that's legitimate. But like. If you're going to have a message of don't be co-opted by politics, you can't get a better example of that than what has happened with Francis Collins, a, a man, who, a, a wicked man mm-hmm. who I'm not sure we'll get into this later, who they all have laid on a pedestal as this great man of God. Um. You know, it's it's hypocritical. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we're already there. Think about, okay, so you mentioned the uh, lab leak issue. Joe Carter condemns that. How dare you? How dare you suggest something like that? And then later becomes more like, oh, this is actually a probable issue. This is right. something that could have happened. And so I, I feel like maybe you feel the same way, Jordan, but it seems to me the people, the, these gatekeepers really tried to get out ahead of this. So much so that they may be overcorrected, right? Right. <laughs> overcorrecting and saying, "Oh, that's just speculation. You have no idea. That's ridiculous. Just do whatever the NIH tells you. Whatever Fauci says, you have right. to do it." And and that's the reasonable view. And and it, it sort of created this chasm in between. And that that's what frustrated me about Stetzer's comments here mm-hmm. is that are there other reasonable views out there? <laughs> is the only reasonable view do whatever the NIH says? You know, is, is, right. is, is we have to follow the lockdown policies, and 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 that's what Jesus meant, loving your neighbor as yourself. Right. You haven't even exposited scripture. You haven't even touched. Of course, I don't expect the antinomians to touch the law of God, which is how we know what love is, according to Romans thirteen. But, right. You know, I feel like they got ahead of it. They tried to get too far ahead of it. They wanted the propaganda machine up and running, and now they're chasing their tails. Yeah, absolutely. Whether or not they admit it, or, you know. <laughs> well, I was thinking like. When they talk about, you know, love your neighbor, get the vaccine, love your neighbor, wear a mask, love your neighbor, stay indoors, yada, yada, yada. What is the Christian response to that? I have an idea, an idea of what that might be, but I, I want to get your thoughts on that. Like, what, how, as a Christian um, who is not interested in masking, is not interested in getting the vaccine or locking me or my neighbor down or my children down and masking them up, what, what do you say back to somebody? Who's trying to tell you, well, you're not loving your neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> you send him to warrantandeclaration.com. <laughs> Plug. <laughs> Maybe get outside the camp revisiting Leviticus 13 and 14. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I think that's, that, that is a tough question because, I, our, let's face it, today's Christianity is a mile wide and an inch deep anyway. Yeah. So to get people to think critically about this is very, very challenging because it is the de facto position. Just do what they... They're the government that we're supposed right. to obey them. Yeah. So not even getting into the weeds of Romans 13 here, but that's kind of, again, de facto, default position. Um, just love the neighbor. And obviously we're being told that this is what you're supposed to do, so you're supposed to do it. 
not even going down, you know, the discussion of germ theory, terrain theory, not, not even getting into the weeds on that. Just basic love is the fulfillment of the law of God. Mm-hmm. So now we have to go to the law of God to decide what, what is love. Right. Right. So you have to decide what, what, what is the role of the government? What is the role of individual, my family? Yeah. Where does the jurisdiction lie? Right. You know, even Megan asked that question. Why is it even the business of pastors to tell people what to do to get vaccinated? Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I don't think so. Right. <laughs> well, the other thing is like, you know, OK, love your neighbor as you would love yourself. That's what that's what Christ told us to do. Yeah. OK, I don't want anyone in the world to have to wear a mask all the time. Right. Uh, I don't want anyone. I'm not I'm not wanting anyone to get vaccinated. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if you do if you do, that's on you. But. You know, so I'm not setting up a st- or, or, you know, lock themselves down, you know, I, shut I, your business I, down. I, right. For my so sake. What Christ laid out as a standard is treat others the way that you would want to be treated. I mean, in accordance with the law of God, of course. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they're just almost like amateur hour kindergarten throwing out love your neighbor as if that means whatever the dictates of the NIH and the CDC are this month, but which change all the time, by yeah. the way. Yeah. And so like. In Sweden, when they didn't have masks mandates or they didn't have um, lockdowns, and they they not only didn't in Sweden, they didn't just say um, you don't have to wear masks. They, their official policy was it's not advisable. It's like we, we don't recommend mm-hmm. wearing a mask. It's just not a good idea. It's just not going to solve anything. It's going to create more harm long term and give people false sense of security, make them touch their face more, et cetera, et cetera. So does the law of God then change in Sweden? Does the law of God what, is what it means to love your neighbor in Sweden then different? Mm-hmm. Right. So right. can and can they, you know, excommunicate someone from the church for disobeying in sin? Um, you know, not loving your neighbor by wearing a mask in one church and then in another church. Well, it's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah, it just gets you into crazy land. It does. And you, you bring up a good point, too, because, man, the narrative changed so much. I mean, we're doing this episode now two years after all of this oh, yeah. nonsense and reflecting back and feeling vindicated, frankly, in a lot of ways. Yep. I was just looking up on my bookshelf because I have the book, The Price of Panic up there, which was an oh, excellent, that one yet. excellent resource that came out late 2020. And it was a resource that I thought they did a brilliant job of just, okay, what's the data that we have? I mean, the data changes. CDC just, what, two weeks ago, lowered the death count by 72,000. Um, for, for kids, right? Yeah. From, yeah, 30% of pediatric deaths. So, you know, they're changing the, the data. There's New York Times posted just a few weeks ago, too, that they uh, the CDC was nervous about releasing data because it might be it might promote vaccine hesitancy or people right. might draw the wrong conclusion. Right. So the narrative has always shifted. Even early on, I remember Mar- was it February, March of 2020. Hey, Fauci. No, nobody. That's ridiculous. Nobody needs to be walking around with a mask. Yeah, yeah. Even the Surgeon General saying he was basically laughing at <laughs> yeah. the prospect of wearing a mask. Yeah, like this is ridiculous. Yeah. And we laugh too because you're right. It is ridiculous. Nobody's right. ever done. We've never done that before. Right. And we know we do have some mask studies that prove that yeah, this is really ineffic- inefficient for this. But uh, so again, go back to the love question which you brought up. I mean, which part? Which part of Fauci do we trust? Right. To define what love is in this moment for us, because March 2020 was different than (laughs) even, you know, April or May 2020. And uh, I think that that becomes a major problem, which is why getting out in front of it the way Mm -hmm. they did Mm -hmm. now in hindsight. I mean, I would love to see Stetzer's repentance here. Yeah, I I, I would love to. And, And when I say this about what I'm about to say about 
Francis Collins, I don't say this with any kind of joy. Um, when I said earlier, wicked man, I don't say that with any kind of flippancy, okay? What this man has presided over in the NIH is, the, the only word that comes to mind is disgusting. Mm -hmm. And this is a man who professes Christ and who is in a position of power, immense power and influence, and who is being propped up by other men in the church with immense power and influence, men who have propped themselves up as sort of the arbiters of truth and virtue in this pandemic and how we respond and how we link Christian love with getting a vaccine, a vaccine with jabbing, with social masking, distancing, yeah. or masking, right? Yeah. So Francis Collins is the director of the NIH, former director, just stepped down recently. And um, as part of his function in leading the NIH, they do a lot of medical research, right? And really what has happened under his watch, as I said, disgusting. So let me describe what's been going on there. And this is just one small snippet. This is not in any way exhaustive of mm -hmm. all the gross things that they've been doing. But so the University of Pittsburgh maintains this pipeline of aborted babies from six to 42 weeks uh, with multiple babies kept fresh as so basically they can use them, right, for right. medical testing. And this isn't just a few baby corpses, although if it was a few, it would still be despicable. But um, this is, we're talking hundreds, if not thousands, of baby corpses that are being kept until they aren't fresh anymore and then replenished. Mm -hmm. um, and we know it's a lot because they keep multiple babies for each gestational week. So between six weeks and 42 Four, weeks, yeah. I couldn't believe that, 42 weeks. Yeah. Not that it's any less, but just like the brazenness of it. But um, this free, the only way we know this is because this uh, Freedom of Information Act document redacted um, the minimum number for each week. So that's why we say minimum, because we really, we, we don't we know. We don't know, yeah. Um, so the woman who, who runs the abortion department at the hospital where the babies are procured, this person's name is Beatrice Chen. And she's also a professor at Pitt and is also Planned Parenthood director of Western Pennsylvania. Hmm. Okay. So the NIH, under Francis Collins, then funds the University of Pittsburgh to conduct experiments where, what I'm saying, I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth, conduct experiments where aborted baby scalps are attached to rats and the baby hair then grows on the rats. Um, and so they're doing this in the name of medical research. And Francis Collins, the NIH director, who openly supports the ongoing use of aborted babies in medical experiments, presided over this and many other similar NIH-funded experiments. So when we talk earlier about the medical industrial complex and the ministerial industrial complex being joined at the hip, yeah. this yeah. is what we're talking about. Yeah. And when... When Russell Moore resigned this year, uh, I think it was late 2021, maybe yeah, last I think year, you're right. yeah. as head of the NIH, there was this cacophony of support and, and uh, you know, people paying Collins. homage. Collins uh, stepped down. Who did I say? Did you say Russell Moore? I might have said Russell Moore. Thank He's, you. He stepped down, too, though. From, oh, from the ELRC, yeah, right. Yeah. But thank you. No, yeah. Francis Collins stepped down from the NIH. And there was, like I said, this cacophony of support for him. Um, Russell Moore tweeted, I admire greatly the wisdom, expertise, and most of all, the Christian humility and grace of Francis Collins. <laughs> I cannot wait to see 
how God uses him next. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, um, we, we sometimes think of this using aborted babies as in, in medical research as some, as somehow some sort of like murky mor- moral issue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we, yeah. We don't want to condemn it outright. Right. Maybe oh, it's murky. Some, yeah. Maybe We're, there's some. No, no it's not. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. So question. Can unborn babies consent to sacrifice their lives and donate their bodies to med- medical science? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, right. Right. Exactly. No. Um, <laughs> and, and so you're talking about what rape is. I mean, it's the same general principle. Right. You don't consent to the use of your body for what you don't want to do. Right. Right. Um, and and. If you, as an individual, want to cut off your own scalp and sew it onto rats and then let hair grow on it in the name of science, you can do that yourself, right? Go for it. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, this should be Christianity 101. If someone wants to murder their unborn baby and offer its body to you in the name of science, the obvious Christian thing to do is to refuse. Right. If I say, hey... I, I, I killed my unborn baby. Now, you want to you want to use it for science? Like so, a Christian should obviously say no. No, that's murder, right? Um, I don't want to be part of your little scheme here. Yeah, and it's not okay that you did that. And I no, I'm not going to use your murdered baby, right? For what's called medical science, and so to then pursue and court these women for their murdered babies is even more repugnant, as mm-hmm. is going on here with with Pitt, right? Um, the open tolerance of these wicked practices, and I can't say this strongly enough, in Christian circles is disgusting. Um, Francis Collins, celebrated by Big Eva, he should be called to repentance. Mm-hmm. Right? This is this is his legacy. Um, and, and sadly, it's just yet another example of hypocrisy of people like Russell Moore who, who really court the approval of the legacy media on being anti-Trump, and yet celebrates a wicked man like Francis Collins. Yeah, it's right? incredible. And maybe yeah. some of his critiques of Trump are entirely correct. But don't get on the soapbox about Trump and then go out there and lionize this man involved in these wicked practices. Yeah. And I'm sorry, if, if, if Russell Moore thinks that it's some murky moral ethical issue about whether you know, we can procure these babies these murdered babies and use them for science, then what is he doing at the head of any ethical organization? <laughs> Ethic, it's in the name. Christianity. It's in the name. Yeah, it's man. In the name. <laughs> what happened here? Yeah. No, you're, that's it. Yeah. So I, I don't say that flippantly or glibly. Um, and we can post links to all of these statements later. Um, so you can go and see them for yourselves. Mm-hmm. But I just, I think we need to call it. And I don't take joy in calling out people. I love when Christians are involved in, in great things out in the world and doing big things, that's that's fine and great. But we can't have these moral monsters out there doing what they're doing and then slap a Christian bow on it and say, yes. yay, God loves this, God approves of this. That's what's mind-boggling about this is the fact that Collins is very quick to say that he doesn't even believe in life at conception or fertilization. Potential you know. life, I think he'll say. Yeah, he, he's not. And, you know, there's... Even uh, Megan in this article, his tenure at NIH has been marked by extreme anti-life pro-LGBT policies. Mm-hmm. 
So now we're going to say, strange. well, he's he's a pro-life Christian. We can trust him. Yeah. You know, we can trust him. If he says Pfizer jab is good, it's fine. Yeah. You know, who, who are you? I, I was watching this, this Rick Warren video talking about Francis Collins. He's like, I know this man and you can trust him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> uh, you know, come on. You're really selling this, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. You're selling it because you know you have to sell it. Right. You have to sell it. Yeah. But all these... Early on, Stetzer and others, this conspiracy theorist, you guys are crazy. It's not a lab leak and all this other stuff. And and they really, really, really pushed hard. Um, and Collins, he's been out there. I mean, that's yep. the Time Magazine report in February 2021. While Fauci has been medicine's public face, Collins has been hitting the faith-based circuit <laughs> and preaching science to believers. Are you anti-science, Jordan? <laughs> Science, uh, Dr. Evil squ- scare quotes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. uh, are you anti-science? Am I anti-science? Right. You know, and, and no. I mean, how many times does that phrase, the science, come up in these in these discussions? I mean, yeah. the science is clear. The science is clear. And it, it, it keeps it's, changing. Who is the science person? Who, who is? The reification is, yeah. of science. Science says this. Science says that. Science doesn't say anything. Reification <laughs> fallacy 101. It's right there. Yeah. And that's what's, uh, I think, one of the most egregious things about this ugly relationship between the science, medical industrial complex, which is already plagued with problems. Oh, yeah. like and Long and, before COVID. Sure. Like, if you want to talk about, like, the, the gain of function research that's been going on. Yeah. And the hiding of it now and, you know, the... That was that was a faux pas. You can't talk about right. that, right? Yeah. Well, we don't do any of that. And then, oh, come to find out, NIH does fund right. the Wuhan. Well, it's funny because... So here's some facts that are... And we, again, we can post links to these. Um, these are facts that are indisputable. So in 2014 gain-of-function research on viruses. And this is gain-of-function research is where um, you have the intentionally, modif- intentionally modified viruses that are being, um, that's being done to increase their transmissibility and their virulence. Mm-hmm. Um, and this gain-of-function research was banned, and this is 2014, uh, by the NIH after multiple alarming problems were discovered including, believe this or not, including vials of deadly viruses were left, quote, lying around, unsecured in the lab, and even were mistakenly mailed out as samples to labs, not expecting them or equipped to handle them. You know, (laughs) the huge. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I know it's terrible, right? But, I mean, there's a comedy to it. It's it's awful, but it's, it's angering at the same time and sad. But so in 2017... Uh, the Francis Collins-led NIH then lifted the bans on gain-of-function research on coronaviruses. Mm. Okay, 2017. And, right, in 2017. And since that time, the U.S. and other world government health agencies have continued to research how to make more deadly versions of spike protein coronaviruses. <laughs> okay? <laughs> what now, are we doing? Right. So, so... Okay, here's here's fact four. So those are three facts. They're not disputed. Okay, that those things happen. Okay, the CDC, as we said earlier, the CDC director Robert Redfield, yeah. stepped down immediately. Went on CNN, I think it was CNN, I saying think. that he believes that one of these projects escaped from a lab in in Wuhan, um, and is responsible for the COVID nineteen mm-hmm. pandemic. I remember that. When okay, said so that. can we not do gain of function research ever? Can, yeah. Like, can yeah. Can we shut? Can sh- maybe sometime in the future when when it's figured out to be safe or whatever? But like, 
with all that has happened over the past two years, um, they should all be shut down. Why is that? Why is no one calling for the CDC to be shut down? Mm-hmm. The NIH to be shut down. These labs all around the world creating these super viruses. Mass murderers. And I, and I get, you know, wherever you're at, whether you're in, in the train theory or, or, um, or what's the other one? What's oh, the, germ theory. The main one. The, yeah. Right, whether you're train theory, germ theory, um, this is a major, um, even if you're on the train theory side, this is a major like uh, bit of hypocrisy on their side to try and claim that, um, you know, we're the arbiters of health and we're we're keeping everybody safe. And yet we're creating these labs where we're sending out coronaviruses and labs aren't equipped to handle them. Yeah. And we're just li- lying stuff around. We're shutting it down. We're restarting it, mm-hmm. you know. Shut them all down. There, I mean, baby scalps, man. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. It's insanity. I, you know what? I was just thinking about. Doctor North mm-hmm. wrote a book. The late, yes, the yeah. late Doctor North wrote a book called uh, "Is the World Running Down?" It's right mm-hmm. behind me. But if I turn around, the microphone will not be there, so <laughs> nobody will be able to hear me. But I remember him making a comment in that about mm-hmm. smallpox lab in like England mm-hmm. or Ireland or something mm-hmm. somewhere in the UK and. And saying, like, why are we doing that? Why are we housing deadly pathogens? Yeah. I mean, this was back in the 1980s when yeah. you wrote that, you know. Well, so it's been a, it's he, a known thing. Yeah. And the and the, the idea is, well, we got to be prepared for the next one that comes along. So we got to create these really deadly ones so we can create vaccines for them in advance. <laughs> well, uh, how's that working out for you? Right. Right. <laughs> Not well. We need four boosters and maybe a fifth one, you know. Yeah. 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 And it's sort of like, you know, um, I'm all, like we talked about. Are you for science? Yeah, sure. I'm for science. Are you for medical research? Of course. Like, yeah, let's do more of it. But um, am I for taking massive risks with all of mankind with a my strategy is I hope it doesn't leak out and kill everybody. <laughs> That's the strategy. Like, no, I'm not for that. Mm-hmm. And if you want to co- call that science, I'm not for that kind of science. No, it's godlike um, behavior. They want to yeah, be. Yeah, that is the kind of playing God like we through our medical advances can just create these viruses that will you know get rid of all disease mm-hmm. you know yeah and i think that when you do that so flippantly and you use whole swaths of populations as sort of lab rats then you're you're walking into trouble and i'm not against in fact i'm very much for the use of medical advance to beat back the curse in various ways i'm a ardent post-millennialist so I actually do think that that will happen but let's not have this version of it where we're just treating people like like huge swaths of the, the global population as a bunch of lab rats that we can play around with. exactly that's irresponsible yeah. and not how um any kind of lasting and uh, sustaining advance will come yeah the telecom industry is doing that right now there are some countries belgium yeah. i believe one of them with uh, some concerns about 5g technology mm-hmm. um and the 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 rate the the hertz that are involved the way that these wavelengths come out at you it's like you're mm-hmm. getting microwaved wow. and so some Euro- european countries have banned it um but you just like you can't sue pfizer you right. cannot sue at&t if right. you believe that there has been emf damage to you right uh, that's a problem because yep. what you're talking about too is Yes, medical research that is done from a Christian presupposition right. where things are open and they're not secret. And frankly, the government has nothing to do with it. Right. Because that's the other issue is uh, all these, you know, we got the the vaccine is, is free for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. How did Pfizer make $30 billion? Right. 
It wasn't free. Right. Uh, we all paid for it, even even those of us who've decided we did not want to be jabbed. So absolutely, it's not an anti-science thing to say. And that's unfortunately where the conversation went. Um, yeah. even, even Russell Moore talking with Collins, he, he was talking about masks and this is not a political statement. This is not an invasion of your personal freedom. This is a life-saving medical device. And so when you frame it like that, well, no wonder, you yeah. know, people who are uncritical and undiscerning may not know. Yeah. They, they may not have read some of the journal. Uh, uh, what is the, uh, <laughs> I can't remember now. One of the journals I read, I forget the name, this was a couple years ago, mm -hmm. just clearly said, no, masks really don't work. Yeah. We just want to keep spittle out of the cavity of a, you know, uh, the surgeon wearing it. And right. That's that's the reason they're, it's there. They're sometimes used for a very specific purpose. Exactly. I have no problem. If you, are, uh, if you have strep throat and you want to go to the CVS and you want to get a prescription, yeah, wear a mask, sure. You know, um, and I've, I've that used to happen in the old world mm -hmm. before. You know, it's funny. The actual strategy for how to deal with, like, you know, strep throat, or if you had a, you thought you might have a flu or something, you go to the CVS, you get a, a swab, right? And, you know, they, they either give you the Tamiflu or, or, um, the strep throat thing. Yeah. Yeah. The antibiotics or whatever. Yeah. And, um, but like they're literally, okay, we have these centers, Walgreens and, and, um, uh, CVSs. We want to herd all the sick people here with these communicable <laughs> illnesses. <laughs> and we want you out of the house and, in public and then 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 go back home yes and then all of a sudden with COVID, it's like oh no 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 everybody needs to stay home <laughs> and and we all have this like collective um what's the word when you uh amnesia we have this yeah. collective amnesia of what happened for those like months where great swaths of the population couldn't leave their home except for state approved reasons <laughs> yeah. yeah you know and and i've talked about the the medical establishment the government establishment but what we've really seen here is the implementation of biofascism mm -hmm. in the United States. What do I mean by that? Biofascism. That's the right word. So, so um, fascism usually gets talked about when you're talking about Hitler, Mussolini, those guys, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the left are like fascist if you're like uh, pro-business, right? You're a fascist. Yeah. That's not what it means, right? right. Fascist is um, a number of things. It's, it's first of all, corporate um, or government control command control of corporations to uh, so basically when they're in bed with each other and the and the um the government is basically telling the corporations what to do how they're in bed with each other right mm -hmm. telling them what to do what to produce how to produce it and then you pair that with this like nationalistic fervor like pro-america in those days pro-germany um very militaristic right and that's why you had all this propaganda language around militarism of like we got to defeat this enemy of covid right covid is again reified as this uh military combatant that we need to fight this war and you know do your part sort of like those old propaganda posters yeah got um, gotta fight yeah buy war bonds or you know take the jab <laughs> wear the mask do you know, we're in this together, um, all of this militaristic stuff. And by the way, we're going to take away your rights. We're going to make you um, essentially forced to take the jab or lose your ability to live, a, uh, have a livelihood. Um, you can't go in many public spaces if you haven't taken the jab. Um, if you have if you had not masked, we're going to tell you when you can leave your house, when you can't leave your house. And so this is the real implementation of biofascism into the United States and you have it done through the church mm -hmm. being used as the mechanism where that is is being manifested. Yeah, yeah. That's 
it's just diabolical. Sickening. It is. Yeah. It's diabolical. It makes me think of I, um, we're in studying judges right now at Crossing Crown Church, and I'm going to be uh, preaching on Samson. And it's interesting because if you remember, the Philistines gouged out his eyes right at the end, kind of the end of the story. And which is symbolic. The whole point of the book is people doing right what's in their own eyes. And Samson was doing well at the beginning and then kind of tailored off with the Delilah incident. And it's fascinating to me because that picture is exactly what happened in that day with Israel. Israel and the Philistines lockstep. They were they were together. Uh, Forty years they were being oppressed, and this blindness had taken over. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, like, what in the world is going on? How could we be so blind? Yeah. And it's 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 a, judi- a judicial covenantal sort of stupor that God puts on us as a consequence for our, our faithlessness. Yeah. And when we can't think clearly about, well, does Leviticus teach on quarantine? Or or we can't think clearly about what love really is. And, right. and, and man, like, it's no wonder mm-hmm. things have, have been so bad. It's no wonder that we have printed so much money and now we're dealing with it, yeah. with inflation, you know, yeah. and blame Putin all you want. But there are other issues at play right. with, with gas and food prices and all these things. And, yeah. and the church has just decided because of the gatekeepers like Rick Warren and mm-hmm. uh, even N.T. Wright, who I got plenty of his books behind me and I yeah. appreciate him, but he's dead wrong on this issue. Yeah. And he's in there with Francis Collins. He too. is. He is yeah. singing songs together with yeah. a guitar. Yeah. Like, oh, my word. You're Cringe. killing me. Um, just the way <laughs> that this has been handled has been a complete mess. Well, and, and that's a very good point about Samson and, and how we're all sort of doing what seems right in our own eyes. We've forgotten what the law of God is. We haven't dusted it off. And, um, you know, the law of God does not cede jurisdiction for medical decisions to the civil magistrate. Correct. You know, and um, you wrote a fantastic book um, outside the camp about this issue specifically because people have tried to invoke very glibly um, and very cavalierly, uh, oh, well, there was some kind of quarantine thing going on in the Old Testament, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, that means that uh, civil governments today, you know, can do all these things, right? They're making these huge, massive leaps. Um, but I would encourage everybody to go out and pick up that book and um, not be, a lot of a lot of you may instinctually sort of know where these arguments go wrong. But this book really gets to the heart of the, the issue, especially from a biblical law perspective. Um, so I, I really encourage everybody to go out and get outside the camp. Uh, by Dr. Jason Garwood. <laughs> I appreciate that plug. <laughs> Big plug, yeah. And the other thing is the Warrington Declaration. This is why this declaration is so important, because we need in the church to not just go around doing what seems right in our own eyes. We need to look to the law of God. What does it say? What are the parameters? What what um, authority is given to civil magistrates and what authority is not given to civil magistrates? And the minute that we give uh, the civil magistrate authority over medical decisions, right, um, then we have given over the farm. We have we have let the bull into the china shop. And then once the bull's in the china shop, we, we can't then complain, oh, the bull's knocking everything over. Right. right? But if yeah. we, as a church and the leaders in the church, have been preaching and teaching faithfully about what the Christian position on this is, what what biblical law states, um, you know, what, what faithful civil government looks like and what the limits and extent of it is, then... At, we this may, it's possible this whole whole thing may still have happened, but at least the church wouldn't have been co-opted co-opted mm-hmm. as they were, mm-hmm. you know. So and at least they would have had a prophetic witness, right? 
And that's the key is having that prophetic witness where we stand on the word of God uncompromisingly. And I get it. People like um, Stetzer and and I I believe that they are (laughs) pretty sure they're Christians. Um, But, you know, why haven't we thought critically about these issues? Why, why is it that it was just the default assumption? I mean, I'm holding in my hand uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book, The Real Anthony Fauci, and I do recommend it. And it's incredible, the research that he's put into it. And it's yeah. shocking because this isn't the first rodeo we've been on with Fauci. Right. He, he's been involved in HIV scandals, uh, scandals in Africa with vaccines. I mean, a whole host of, of other things. And what makes me probably the most frustrated about this whole thing with the evangelical John Cooper from skillet calls them the, the COVID bullies and you know, the elites. And and I, I, I love Cooper. And, but what frustrates me is the fact that there were so many other people speaking out too. Mm -hmm. It it wasn't just like the Q and honors, right? You know, it wasn't just the people like that. There were, there were pastors. Yeah. There were well, few, yeah. <laughs> few, but there, but there were, were there were some, yeah. And there were a ton of doctors too who mm-hmm. came along and said, "No, we are blowing the whistle on this." Yep. I mean, even even some of the Project Veritas stuff that came out right. with whistleblowers and and undercover uh, journalism with regard to Pfizer employees. Yep. And, the and, Great and, Barrington Declaration. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Some of the work that Joe Boot and others pastors in Canada have been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's not like. You know, all the, you know, the plebes out there were the ones who were conspiring with their pitchforks and right. and torches. It, it, it was a lot of people who have credentials, yeah. too, yeah. who were saying, no, this is this is wrong. It's not going to work. Why are we destroying right. our economy and and all of these things? So, I, you know, it's that judicial stupor again. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what else to say. <laughs> I think that's inevitably what what took place here. And, you know, Megan's article, I think, did a really good job of exposing that. Um, and showing really why these evangelical leaders were in fact co-opted, right? Um, and it's it's maddening, right? It's maddening, and I guess to try and pull, uh, uh, you know, a silver lining or or what can we learn from this? You know, it is possible that we can learn something great from all of this. It is possible that out of this catastrophe, because God is in the business of doing these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a faithful remnant. They are prophesying, bringing covenant lawsuits against unbelievers. They are exposing evil, and they're holding up the standard of, of righteousness and God's law. And then there's repentance. And, you know, there is the opportunity to, to repent. The church can repent of this, right? They can leave their status ways behind. They can turn to the law of God and uh, be a shining light to the world. Yeah. So that is that is possible. Um, it's it's will, will that happen. So we pray that yeah. God would bring repentance, bring conviction of the Holy Spirit, um, and honestly, if they won't be repentant, shut the mouths of these fake Christian leaders who set themselves up as as you know paragons of virtue yeah. and um, wink at sin when it's convenient for them with regard to men like Francis Collins. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Well, that's certainly the prayer. Um, I, I I hope and pray that we would also kind of have that King Josiah moment. Second mm-hmm. uh, Kings twenty two, where dust off the law. The, yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, there's this law book that gives us instructions mm-hmm. on how to live. Yeah, we better probably follow it, and right. that's inevitably uh, where we're headed. It's either that or it's uh, repentance or oblivion. One author said, right. you know, repentance or or destruction. Well, if those are your options, you should repent. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> <laughs> you, we're we're so neck deep in iniquity. Like this is this is just this is just one other thing on top of 
our lackluster performance so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do we do pray and we ask God to to bring His blessing. So, any 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 other final quick thoughts from you? We're I don't know running I've, down I've, here. I feel a little bit taxed talking about all that stuff. It's it's tough stuff. Yeah. But uh, no, I appreciate you having me on, and yeah. uh, you know, hopefully, we'll do this again sometime. Definitely, we'll do it again soon. We have kind of an Easter break coming up for a little bit for the show, but we're going to come back and hit the ground running some more. We're going to have more of these types of episodes as well, just trying to engage on these issues and and bring the gospel of the kingdom to them. So Fantastic. that's going to be it for us. Thank you, Jordan. I Thank appreciate you. your insight. Thank you for everything you've done, because I know you have done a ton of research for two years. You've been been in it, and I know a lot of people have been blessed by that, so praise God for that. And that's it. For us, grace and peace listeners, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Take care.